Hi, I'm Sandeep Kumar and welcome to this week's episode of Mastering Your Investment Business. Every week I go behind the scene with my guests, what is it like to be a dental entrepreneur? What does it take to build a successful business and how Invisalign that little piece of plastic has impacted their world? Let's get started. It gives me a huge pleasure to welcome Shaz Mamon to Mastering Your Invisalign Business podcast. Shaz is one of the very few people, in my opinion, who have made a real difference in the dentistal, dental industry. And he has done that in his own very unique way. We have done this once before, where I was on the other side of the table and Shaz was asking me questions. So today I'm really looking forward to this conversation and unpack really Shaz's mindset, Shaz's journey. So yeah, I think it's going to be a ride. Hi Shaz, how are you doing buddy? Very well, thanks. Uh, good to see you again, Sandeep. Um, thank you for having me on your podcast. I feel extremely honored. As always, buddy, as always, always good to, good to, have, a, good to have a chat with you. Yes. The purpose of today, Shaz, is really I want, to, I want to explore the man behind this cool and calm persona which, which everybody sees. So let's kick off with, uh, with your background, with your childhood. Just tell us about how, how this all started. Just take us as far as back as you can. Sure, sure. I'd love to. Um, and it's a question I don't get asked much. So I'm really sort of using a part of my brain that I haven't used in a while. So I've got two older brothers and they are 10 years older than me. Uh, so I'm, <laughs> I'm the baby of the family. And um, so when I was born, um, I was... I almost had like three fathers, so my actual father and then my two older brothers. And um, they're both designers. And this is in an era where computers didn't exist. So as I was growing up, I'm talking age seven, eight, nine, I was seeing my brother design a leaflet. And the way you design a leaflet back then was you get these letter transfers and you transfer each letter. So if they wanted to write mastering Invisalign, they would get... M, transfer it, A, and you do any, anything goes wrong, you, you have to start again. There's no erase, there's no undo. Yeah. And then my father, he took out us alone and bought us an Amstrad. Well, not us, I wasn't allowed on it. So bought my brother's an Amstrad PC. And, and I can't even describe to you, any, any, no one will understand this uh, that's young. You know, it was, there was design software on there, but it's nothing like what you have today like really pixelated screens. But I was introduced to computers at an early age and we had a printer as well. And as time went on and I'm watching this from afar, I'm immersed in it. They're not involving me, but because I wasn't allowed to touch this tech, right? When they would go out of the home, I would play with everything that I had seen them do. And then I just make sure I leave it perfect for when they come back so I don't get in trouble. And then uh, one day I got caught. I got called out. My brother walked in. I was completely immersed in doing something. And he entered the room. He was standing behind me. I had the shock of my life. Like I said, I see them like fatherly figures, right? 10 years older than yeah. me. And he said, what do you think you're doing? And I said, I'm so sorry. And then he saw what I had produ- produced. And he was like, yeah. did you make this? I said, yeah. He said, how did you make this? And then I showed him. And he saw that. He was so impressed with what I had done. They, yeah. they started involving me in what they were doing. So by the time I got to the age of 17, 18, it just, it it was coming so naturally to me what these grown men could do. 
that I I loved sort of freelancing and doing these side projects. And that's really where my design passion started. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what that tells you is, you know, create, being creative and artist is in your blood, right? It's, yeah. It's from early days, you know, your brother noticed that very early on. And I think that's uh, that's what I see everywhere, what you're doing at the moment. So, you know, what I, what I heard is, I think, I don't know, either I spoke to you or somebody mentioned, you started this business in your, in your dad's garage when you was teenager, like when you was 15 years old. And when I met you, you are one of the most influential, you are the 15th most influential person. Oh, in <laughs> so come on, man, from garage to 15th most influential person <clears throat> in dentistry, it has not happened overnight. So talk me through that journey, please, Shaz. Of course. Um, so uh, we, we lived in a three bed semi-detached, very average in West London. And like I said, I had two brothers before they were married. So my space to do anything was in my parents' bedroom. There was a small desk on the corner. Yeah. And any creative will be nodding at this, that your best ideas come to you at night. And I was really stuck because I was trying to design, but it was night and they wanted to sleep. But they're very nice, right? So they're like, no, no, you carry on. But I knew what I was doing. It's like this big glaring screen whilst they tried to sleep. So... um. I cleared out my parents' garage. They gave me permission and that was a mammoth task. And I set up over there. So I went to university. Um, I went through college, school, uh, high school. That's where I actually came up with the name Digimax. But I didn't really think anything would come of it. I just got two words, digital design, maximum effect. And I just yeah. joined the two together. And the D that I drew is the D that we have for the logo today. So... Um, I went through university and when I was in at university, uh, I had lots of people asking me to design party flyers for their events yeah. and I would do one and the name quickly spread and some of these guys went on to do quite well. So I was in the garage designing day and night for about six, seven years in isolation, Sandy. And what I, what I used to absolutely love as I got busier, I started to hate it because right. I was just churning out work, working all hours, not saying no to anyone. And I was never motivated by money. So it was, I was never saying no because I was just always wanting to please. And then one day my brother walked in and he said, Shaz, you look like shit. What's, what's wrong with you? I'd put on weight, I'd eye bags. I mean, I just look like really in a bad state. And he could tell. And I couldn't even do anything with the money I was earning because I was just nonstop working Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, my mom loved it, actually, because it meant I was always at home near her because protective yeah. Indian mothers, you know what they're like. And my brother yeah. sat down and he says, what's the issue? He said, you can't carry on like this. This is not a business. And I said, well, what's the solution? He said, you need to hire a designer. I said, how am I going to hire a designer? People come to me for my design. And he said, OK, fine. If that's what you believe, why don't you try it? What's the worst that's going to happen? So then I hired a designer and that was my first step. And there were so many learnings there still stuck in the garage. And then an evolution came where I actually started to understand business that there's a lot of things we tell ourselves and we end up believing it, that no one can do it better than me. Now I hire people that are better than me. So it went from there to my first office, to the second office, to the fourth employee, to the sixth employee. And it was a ch change in mindset, really, Sandy, that got me here. Yeah. Absolutely. So why dentistry? What made you choose uh, dentistry instead of any other fields? 
so before dentistry, before you know, my company is just called Digimax, right? It's Digimax Dental yeah. now. That's I used right. to work for a lot of leading brands. All the brands that I really dreamt of working for one day, yeah. I knocked on enough doors to get those opportunities. And I absolutely loved it. And then whilst I was doing work for some big brands, I had loads of small brands that would do work for like the local florist or the local estate agent. And then I got my first dental practice client. And I realized one thing that... All these other companies that I've been working for, particularly the larger ones, they are 10 years ahead in their marketing approach and style to dental practice marketing. When I was seeing what practices were putting out there, it was shocking me. And I was almost feeling a bit upset that really, you know, people are being led down this path. So once I got my first client and I made a huge impact for them in their words, and then the second one, because it was growing by recommendation, It got to a point one day, Sandy, where I thought, you know what? I don't want to be good in a very, very big space. Mm -hmm. There's lots of amazing design agencies that do generalistic work. I really wanted to be the best in one space. So I I stopped with general work and I I formed Digimax Dental as the main thing. And that was a scary day in the office for our team because they thought they're all going to lose their jobs. Like, where is it going to come from? And um, that's when the goal goal really set in to, to become the best in my space you yeah. know i can totally relate to that uh, shaz you know if, if uh, i'm sure when we did our talk I, could, I must have repeated at that time is for me you know it's about having a tunnel vision having having a clarity where you're going and you know this is what this podcast is about you know mastering your invisalign business i focused on invisalign you focused on dentistry and you know the fact is it, it's paid off so what yes. I see, you know, every time I meet you, Shaz, every time you come in discussion, actually, let me tell you how I, what triggered me to reach out to you when I did. So, you know, the Squid Game uh, thing recently happened. Yes. You know, Squid Game <clears throat> came on Netflix and it just taken the world by storm. And I watched it and it was fine. And the next thing I went on social media and I just saw the dental practices are getting this something in that little silver box and they're doing something and they're tagging you and Digimax and all that. And that was fascinating. In my personal opinion, that was probably the first time ever I saw the whole, the whole industry, the whole, everybody's talking about it. And also that is a class man, the way this guy has done it. And that made me reach out to you. And that's when, since then we had, uh, so just talk me through, man, you know, why you? Nobody else even thought about this, and you came up with this such an amazing marketing idea. So yeah, let's unpack that. How did you come up with that idea, and how did you execute on that? Every every year we we sponsor the awards, and FMC they say to us, "Look, here's the list of everyone who's entered because you're a sponsor. Send them something." And um, I procrastinate a lot with these kind of things because it's you know. You never do your own marketing. You end up doing everyone else's but your own. You know, it's that kind of thing. And um, I just, I like doing stuff that's different. I like taking risks. And I like like doing something. I like that feeling when you pull something off. So I just thought, what can I do that's current, which, which is going to be interesting? And really, I couldn't think of anything. And I was watching Squid Games. And there was this point where, the the guy sweating for his life with a pin cutting out this biscuit and if he doesn't cut it out perfectly it's in the shape of a triangle the one that i saw uh, he loses his life and i thought that was absolutely hilarious and i looked at it it's just a tin so i contacted the local baker 
And I said, can you do this? She said, yes. It turned out she couldn't do it. And that was a whole nother story. But once we'd put it together, produced it, packed it, ready to send. And I had to do a lot of it because I had left it so late. In my mind, I was just thinking, if people just smile when opening it, that's my ultimate goal. But it's an absolute bonus if they like it so much that they share it. Now, I'm never going to make any money from sending out Squid Game tins. No one's going to say, I received that. How do I buy a website or SEO? It's not going to happen. But I think there's a lot of time and investment that needs to be made on zero ROI marketing, where you're building just awareness and having fun at the same time. Yeah, it's just about people and having those uh, having those collections. But honest to God, man, that was a that was a real masterclass. Thank you. Thank and, you know, you. It, it, well, if nothing else, it made me pick up a phone and. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's something you. that came out of it, which I appreciate. So. That's it. You know, you, you, there's there's no there's not everything is uh, is about money and dollars, right? It's, it's sometimes. No. Uh, some the the problem is, Sandeep, topping it next time and doing <laughs> it again next time and. You know, like with films, the sequel is never better than the first one. So yeah. it's a challenge. Yeah. You're only as good as your last Squid Game tin. <laughs> oh, well, that's what drives us, isn't it, Shaz? That's Absolutely. what drives us. That's what gets us out of the bed to to create something and do something which has not been done done before. That's so, right. You know, what I see every time she meets you, Shaz, you know, you are a through and through entrepreneur. You know, you're running an amazing company, Digimax. You are a author of a amazing well-known book in dental world you're a founder of wells on wheels which is an amazing charity and i really commend you for doing that what's driving you man where this all this energy and everything is coming from for you to do bigger and better every year so what's driving you really what drives me is uh, making a difference now i know it's a term that gets bashed around a lot but really the for me and my team who I work with closely, they just love that feeling of coming out the other end and there is some type of success making a difference in someone's life. So whether it's the charity, right? I wrote the book because I really wanted people to take charge of their own Insta, to see, to have the belief they can do it themselves with Digimax. So it's, it's all about making a difference. So I'm organizing an event right now, which you know of, but really the ultimate goal is Will it make a difference for people? Will they have a good time? Will I be able to make a difference for people who are going to be on the receiving end of the wheels that we donate? So that is, I just keep it very simple. Is this making a difference? If it's not, then I don't want to be a part of it. I'm not going to invest any time in it. So, and that's really what gets me out of bed, Sandy. Yeah, yeah. But the, you know, that that's very unique. That's what I said at the start of, you know, whatever you're doing is it's very unique in the industry, you know. Yes, so we, you know, part of My Smile, I'm sure you know that we work with uh, Operation Smile and, you know, me and my team, we are we are very passionate about, you know, supporting that charity and you're doing with uh, Wells on Wheels. And, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's nice to see it's not all about, uh, it's not all about us because we are at a very privileged position that we are using our uh, platform to help our, go out there and help people who are not as privileged as we are. And that's, you know, Amazing job you're doing, man. That's that's very good. Thank you. And I've seen the work you've done for Operation Smile. And again, I, I commend you for the very same that, you know, I bet you've never felt as good as you do when you're doing the Operation Smile work. There's nothing that gives you that same feeling of helping so many people the way you have been able to do while still building your businesses 
you're you're making the time to help all these underprivileged people in third world countries. So I guess that feeling for you, Sandy, that's what makes you probably keep going as well with with that charity because you've given a heck of a lot of money to Operation Smile. I've seen. And I yeah, find that fascinating. We've raised nearly 150,000 plus now. And, uh, you know, we've got wow. a really big dreams to carry on. And, you know, the way I look at this is, you know, running a business is not easy. It's just challenging. And sometimes we all have shit days. You know, we think, what the hell? Why am I doing this for? And, you know, when you, <laughs> when you look at the because of what you are doing, because of the community you have created, it's making a difference in the lives of people which may not have happened. And, you know, you do quietly sometimes pat on your back and said, you know what? Yeah, you may have messed up lots of other things, but you have made some <laughs> made some right decisions. So keep on the journey. <laughs> yeah, Sadie, I just want to say, I mean, it's, I never look at myself as someone who's achieved a lot. And when you say, look, you've done this, you've done that, it's very flattering. But really, I look at you and you're wearing far more hats than I am. Your your team is a lot bigger than than mine. You've got Operation Smile. You're doing all these speaking events. How about you share with me what it is that makes you move at that pace? Yeah. Well, what are the key principles? Because I always I always learn from you. I've I've been watching. Well, today's today learned- about me questioning you. Why are you turning the table? I think <laughs> I'm sure people think- want to know. <laughs> You're taking an opportunity to quiz me now again. Absolutely, Shaz. You know. I am very clear what I'm doing and why I have already done. 20 years ago, when I came from India, when I worked as a dental nurse, worked in a factory, I had absolutely nothing. And I was driven by money at that time. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. All I was thinking is how I'm going to put a food on my family's table, how I'm going to get a, at least a small house for my family to live. Uh, you know, this uh, Maslow's hierarchy of, of of needs, you know, that that's a perfect, perfect, it, that's exactly my life has evolved. First started from food, then it started from shelter. Then it started from, you know, creating a business which I can be proud of, then starting helping people. And now what I'm doing is it's an open book, you know. You know this mastering uh, your Invisalign business platform. We have, uh, we are doing a face-to-face uh, mentoring We are talking about uh, the podcast and the whole purpose of this year is to really go out there and help people. And, you know, in a process, if I can help hundreds of people and in the process, if I'm making money and if I'm making my life, my family's life a little bit better and my team's life better, that's it's all about. That's it's all about. It's all about adding value. Like, stop asking me questions. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> that's fantastic. Answer. Thank you. Thank you. That's fantastic. <laughs> no, no, I'm only joking. Man. <laughs> Can I just ask a question? How old were the kids when you, you know, when you said you had no money, you were here and money was the driver. How old were the, were the kids? Uh, so my, I qualified in May 2000. Yeah. And my son was born in August 2000. So wow. it's all happened simultaneously. So in May 2000, I used to earn three pounds an hour. And that's when my son was born two months after. And two months, two to three months after I started working as a dentist. Wow. So you (laughs) really were in mode of, I'm going to do whatever it takes to give my family the comforts that they need to do well in life. It's not even comforts, Shaz. Not not, just the basic necessity. The the basics, absolute bare minimum, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. you know, we, we don't have to think about if we want to go out on a restaurant or if you want to get a takeaway, you know, without worrying about can I 
can I afford it or not? <laughs> yeah. So like, let, let's let's get to the point, man. <laughs> so like, the thing is that Shaz, you know, you are working with, you know, I see your websites which you are creating through Digimax, winning every award going in the dental industry. That tells me that you are working with lots of practices who are successful, and many of them are Invisalign providers. So what I want to know from you is uh, all this discussion you are having, all these websites you are creating for all these guys. What are the traits have you seen with big Invisalign providers? Why, why they, why they do what they do, and how they use that digital platform different than other people to be able to succeed in this uh, in this Invisalign Invisalign journey. Great question. So the Invisalign providers that I've ever worked with that do very well, they are obsessed with mastery. We love working with them because there is no concept that we can introduce to them where they're like, oh, I didn't even think of that. The quality of their recruitment, team motivation, customer service, number one on their agenda, Google reviews, marketing, get the interior, every aspect of their practice is not taken lightly to the scent in the washroom. They take everything seriously. It's not a bit like, oh, you know, that's okay. Or oh, that's okay. The paint's coming off the wall. That's okay. Our team's not happy. Oh, that, that's okay. We pay them enough. Yeah. Nothing like that. They are, they are elite in their thinking and it pushes us to perform at an elite level for them to be able to support them. Their standards are so high that they're not willing to negotiate. And one thing I've seen is they are forever learning. I see some of them go on courses and I think you could run this course. Yeah, They're still going on the courses with open ears and saying, I learned something. So that that's in a nutshell, I've just, that, that's my summary of what I've seen with, with those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think I remember uh, reading this book, it's called Don't Sweat Small Stuff. And I, I didn't agree with that book. You know, I can't even remember who wrote it. And I think business is all about small things. You got to make sure the small things are working correctly. And then the ultimate result will take care of itself. Yeah. So for me, it's always about always about sweating the small stuff. If the small things are working, then I am pretty confident that things will things will work out okay at the end. Oh, absolutely. I'm so pleased you said that because I could not agree more. Sometimes the team will say, you know, they'll give me the eyes. They don't say it anymore because they know me, but they'll give me the eyes like, why are you being like this? The small stuff is the big stuff. <laughs> it, it's for me, that that's, that's how it is. It's small stuff is the big stuff. The difference between um, writing an invitation, right, by hand and printing a label it's going to save us four hours, but we're still going to write it by hand because it's the small yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Shaz, you must have heard about, you know, I am running these uh, Mastering Your Investment Business programs. Uh, we started that in January and uh, we are doing our sixth one very soon. And what, you know, I have every, every program, we have about 10 dentists. We talk to them about how to grow the investment business and what my secrets are and everything. Now, what I have realized is that because they are such an early stage on their journey, they don't even know where to start from. 
So what advice would you give to those people that if they want to, they come to my course, they've got it, that they want to grow their investment business, what would be the next thing they do to create a digital platform which will help them to, to accelerate their growth? Great question, Sandy. So I would, I would recommend them to start with the absolute basics. So if you think about it, a patient has come to the practice, they've had the Invisalign treatment from these practices, and then they're going away very happy and they're recommending the practice or discussing their treatment with friends and family. Friends and family saying, oh, who was the dentist or what was the practice name? Now, at that point, there's an opportunity for that referral to turn into an inquiry at that practice. So the person who's who's received the information, they're going to go onto Google, type that dentist name or type that practice name. Now, if that referral, the story in that referral does not match up with the story they see online, if that loop is not complete, then they're going to lose out on that potential referral. And I think that's the easiest place to start. Uh, I'm sure you'll agree, Sandeep, 80% of new business comes from 20% of your existing base, Preto's principle. Yeah, yeah, so instead of yeah, spending yeah. loads of money on pay-per-click, SEO, Google Ads, all that type of thing, I would say, start with the very basics. When someone's looking you up, are they able to tell your full story on your website? So the website needs to be powerful, shouldn't need to yeah. work for the information. And similarly on Instagram, when I get to your Instagram account, without doing much work, can I work out that you're an up-and-coming Invisalign provider? And I think that's the very basic of it all. Most practices that do really, really well, some of them could do still really well without any website because their referral base is so strong. So I don't want to ignore existing referrals in the pursuit of new business with people who don't even know you and don't even trust you. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think uh, the role Google reviews and testimonials and all that play play in all of this? Yeah, social proof such as Google reviews, testimonials has a huge part to play in it. And often we'll mm -hmm. look out on our website. So we put a little Google review widget, which sucks in the Google reviews from Google. And you click on it and you don't leave the website, slides open. For many people, someone like me, even my personality, I'm looking at a website, I'm just glancing at it and I think, yeah, this practice looks good enough. All I need to push me to contact is what are other people saying about it? But we're not all the same. So for someone like me, yeah, Google reviews, someone who's invests a lot more time researching videos of patients speaking. So there's a variety of things you need to do, but focus on referrals that are already coming your way. People already looking you up before you start chasing people who don't know you. Yeah, you know, I love that the way you said that um, what your social media platform looks like, you know, nowadays, if somebody's applying for a job, what your presence on social media is like your CV. Yes. That's what, that's what the employers do. They, you know, they'll find you on LinkedIn or Instagram or so you're leaving a digital, digital footprint and people don't take this seriously. You know, I've noticed that and you, you know. And I think that's what exactly you said is that take care of your of your social platforms. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. As humans, we assume. And I've met so many people offline after seeing them online. And I think, oh, my God, you're nothing like I thought you were. Sometimes that yeah. can be a great thing. Sometimes, most of the time, it's a terrible thing because you've, you've <laughs> gone to the wrong conclusion and it's closed opportunities for you. Yeah. So while we're talking about this, can you 
tell us about your uh, about your book, um, which has become a big phenomenon. Uh, just, just talk about this and tell people what they can learn from sure. it. Sure. So the book is Instagram for Dentists. It's 290 pages. And really, it's for anyone who's a beginner, intermediate, or even advanced to, to some degree. There's step-by-step guides on how to build your own Instagram account without needing a third party, how to build influence, get, gain more followers, and most of all, have high engagement. And I was humbled very recently. I mean, it sold over 7,000 copies and I'm always getting tagged and the sales every day. But I was at, at one of the dentistry shows in Manchester and a young uh, young lady came up to me and she said, oh, do you manage Instagram? I said, no, um, I don't, but why don't you have a look, look at my book? And she said, oh, what's it called? And I said, okay, uh, Instagram for dentists. And she went on Amazon. She said, oh, is it this one? And I'm, I'm so pleased that she did that too, because I still feel there's so many more people I need to reach with that message. So yeah, that was a great experience. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And what about uh, what about Digimax? What, what sort of services do you offer in the industry? We focus on three main services. One is branding, branding dental practices if they need it. Two, powerful website design. So I'm using the word powerful and not pretty. I feel a website needs to make a practice money. So websites that convert. And then we back that with Google SEO. We only do SEO usually for websites that we've designed. So SEO ranking the practice higher in Google. We feel if we can rank people high in Google, traffic's going to come, our website's high converting, and then it's a win-win situation. The practice will just do very well from it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Shaz, you're an author. You are doing amazingly well with Digimax. Uh, your new ideas, which we talked about, the Squid Game. You're winning the websites every at every dental awards. Where's all this? Where's all this coming from? Who inspires you? Um, that's a good. That's a good one, Sandy. Sandy, I would say someone like yourself. I find very inspiring. A lot of my friends, they're always trying to achieve achieve something big. And I love thinking big. And I remember, Sandy, for about seven, eight years, I used to, at the end of the year, and the end of the year was really when the accountant says, oh, another year's gone by because it would go so fast. I reviewed the previous year and asked myself, what did I achieve? And really, Sandy, when it was just me on my own, I achieved everything that I, I achieved the same thing year after year after year, because I had no time to do anything more. So I really value my time now. And I just, I see success in my eyes as what did I achieve in three months? What did I, what am I going to achieve in the next three months? So I set myself huge, huge goals, but they're painful. But when I get to the end of it, I feel this real satisfied feeling that, yeah, you know, I did something here. So I was speaking to my Wells on Wheels team this weekend and they said, uh, we've got four deliveries planned for wheels over the next three months. I said, no, let's make that 20. And they're like, that's impossible. I said, let's make that 20. And we now have 16 deliveries planned. So how did they go from, from four to 16 with that impossible yeah. mindset? So I just want to, I, I just want to keep pushing the envelope and focus on work that moves the needle. Yeah. So while we're talking about Wells on Wheels, where did that inspiration come from? Sure. So, um, I, my wife uh, gave birth to Helena and uh, that's my daughter. I've only got the one and we had to go shopping f- for the essentials. Right. And we went to uh, Mamas and Papas, I think it's called. 
and we're looking at car seats. And it's a very strange one, right? Because the car seats range from 200 pounds to 800 pounds. Same with the pushchairs. And the question is, is what's the most safest? And they couldn't answer that. And they're saying, well, this one does this, this one has that. They're all seats. But what I noticed was the more money you spend, the more padding you get. And I thought, we're willing to spend any sum to protect our children, okay? So we bought the expensive car seat, we bought the stroller, and it wasn't vanity for me, it was what's going to be, keep my child the safest. And I all, and you know, you kind of, we live in this bubble here where everyone's got food, shelter to a degree. And with my connections in India, I just knew that I, that I really want to do more, but I'm paralyzed because even when you're giving, you never know whether you're really making an impact or if the money's even reaching. So I, I used to give my cousin some money in India who would then deliver that money to villages. And it would usually be for, you know, a dad who really wants to get his daughter married. But I want to save him from yeah. going to the loan shark because that doesn't end very well. Or a young couple, they've had a child, they don't have the essentials. So my cousin would go to these villages and I would say, look, I just want you to do one thing for me. I either film this because I want that feeling that I'm giving or FaceTime me if you can. So on two occasions, I saw him um, on a FaceTime where there were there was an army of young girls walking far behind. They looked like ants, but they were carrying water on their heads. Now, I'd seen this in Indian films. The, they call it the matka. They carry it on their head growing up. I'd seen yeah. it. And I said, Rizwan, does this still happen? And he fobbed me off because people in India, they're quite hardened to this. They've seen poverty their whole life. He's like, oh, you don't need to worry. They've, they've got water. They should be happy. And, and I was like, all right. And then the second time I saw it, so I, it got me thinking that here I am spending hundreds of pounds on a car seat and there there is someone like Helena's going to be like that in a few years, five, six, seven. They're carrying water in the blazing heat, right? So um, we get these water deliveries in the office. They're the office cooler ones. And I just thought, and it was coming into the office and we roll it into place downstairs. And I thought, what if I just put a handle on this? It was just an idea. So I started Googling manufacturers for this so that I could make something like this. I thought, I'll fund the cost. There's no harm in trying. It's going to be better than kids like breaking their backs in the heat. And I found a lady called Cynthia who had come up with this same idea two years before me. She had manufactured the wheel. She had trialed it in the villages. I got in touch with her. She said, Shaz, my factory is there. You want to buy it today? I said, yes. I placed a big order. And then all I did, Sandy, was marketing. People like me, yeah. I filmed it so they could see that this is the impact. So every wheel delivery I make, I film it. And all we do is just deliver these wheels and keep it very simple now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the headmasters in this <laughs> school, Sandy, they've said to us now, we have never seen the schools this full. The new problem they have is, they don't have enough space for these children. They're like in yeah. 10 years, this, we've had 30, 40% occupancy. The school is full of girls because they don't need to collect water because the water wheel carries yeah. more water. That's amazing, man. It's amazing how much, how, and you know, I remember when we, when we were, uh, when we started the My Small Network, we were, uh, I was discussing with my team that how do we decide which charity we're going to support? So I remember uh, I went to Madagascar in 2016 uh, with Operation Smile. And I just wanted to see, you know, if I'm going to reach out to my people and ask them for help, 
to let's raise, let's work together. I wanted to see what difference it's actually making. So I remember I went on that Madagascar, Madagascar trip and it was, I remember sitting there and there was hundreds of people walked in front of me with, with the cleft leg. And, you know, that really hit you. And then when I saw how, you know, the whole Operation Smile team was helping them and how happy the people were. And that's it. I just came back and I said, team, right, we found something. Let, let, let's get behind it. And it seemed like, you know, one of the best ideas come when you see things and uh, you try and this is where you use your creative mind to see, yes, you know, I'm doing business creatively, but how I can be creative to add, add value to others. So I think that, that that's phenomenal, man, what you have done. Thank you. And, and same to you. It's, it's amazing what you're doing. No, that's good. So um, what's next? What, what's next for uh, Digimax? What's next for Shaz Mammon? What do you, where do you see the business and yourself going in the next five years? Honestly, Sandeep, um, there's something that I'm, I'm always conscious of, and that's shiny object or shiny idea syndrome. I'm approached all the time with new ideas, new this, let's start this, let's start that. Do you want to invest? And I, I keep it very simple. I still think there's a lot of work I need to do with my companies that I have with the charity. How can I start coming up with new ideas when there's so much work to do right here? So to, if you want to be the best, I feel you need to focus on one thing. So it's just about improving and building upon what I have. Because it's never it's never good enough, really, if you're really striving to be the best. And there's lots of examples of this. Yeah, there's there's always tech coming out. You know, I might buy the best tech today, but it's not the best in a year's time. So my time is spent on evolution, improving everything that I do for the people that trust me. Well, that's the one thing we have com got common between us is we focus on one thing. We we know our lane and uh, we run our own race, which is yes. good. So now it's been it's been phenomenal, Shaz. So I want to close with a couple of questions. Um, and one of them is just assume that you're stuck in a desert island. Who would you like to have your companion to be at that place with you? That's an easy one. If it's somewhere like Maldives, Sandeep, you can you can be my <laughs> companion. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure there will be there will be lots of creative ideas coming out when we come back. So, but if you are unavailable, if you are unavailable on those dates, and Steve Jobs was still alive, um, I w I would love to spend time with Steve Jobs. Yeah, maybe you can you can uh, you can read it, listen to his podcast. Yeah, yeah, I could I could take his books and podcasts with me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the next question just goes straight. You know, what is the one book? you will take with you? What's the one book you can recommend everybody? Okay, so one of my favorite books of all time, and I don't know if it's for everyone, but it, it, it's certainly something that I really, really relate to and I love is Robin Sharma's The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Okay, I, I love that yeah. book because it, it just, it's a grounding book in today's capitalist society where, you know, we can really get caught up. It, it teaches you it reminds you the the what's actually important in life and what you should really be taking seriously. So that's my book that I reach to when I'm in a low place that, that grounds me and makes me, uplifts me. Hope it didn't make you sell your Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, you know, I've, I've read that book and that, that, that book is phenomenal, Shaz. Yeah, no, I, I love your recommendation. 
Chaz, it's been absolute pleasure to have you here, man. It's it's uh, you know what what you're doing is phenomenal. You know the way the way you think and the way you're creating things. You know, long may it continue. And thank you for your taking time. I know how busy you are. And uh, good, there was another way to another way to connect with you and and have a full on discussion. So thank you for everything. Thank you, Sandy, right. for being an amazing host. I've really enjoyed it, and I, I hope together we've we've given value to people listening today. Cheers, man. Thanks thank a you. lot. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Mastering Your Invisalign Business. For more inspiration and to find out how you can build your business with Invisalign, visit drsandeepkumar.co.uk.